introduce myself in case you don't know me. My name is Beck, and along with uh, a very handsome man that I call my husband, who's serving in babes this morning, um, we head up community engagement here at Oasis, and it's a real joy and a real privilege to do that. And, you know, one of the things that we've been doing regularly since we've started that is meeting with our local council, so the, the Council of Coburn, and hearing about the, the issues and the dynamics that go on in the city of Coburn. And it's been really interesting. And one of the biggest issues in the city of Coburn is around finances. And there's a lot of people, and I'm sure it's not limited to Coburn itself, but there's a lot of people in our area, in our community that we're situated in, that are financially struggling. They have a hard time with finances. And, you know, we're really passionate about equipping our community, being a part of our community and making a difference in our community. And I wanted to share with you something that, that we're looking at doing, well, we're looking, we are going to do, and it's really exciting because we want to meet the needs of our community. And there's this uh, program out there called CAP, which there'll be a thing on here, CAP, Christian Against Finances, and they do this money management course. And it helps people to take hold of their finances, to learn how to budget, to learn how to save, to learn how to spend effectively and also avoid bad debt. And so because we're so passionate about making a difference in our community, because we want to see people's lives transformed, we want to see them live in freedom, we're going to get trained in this course and launch that as a part of our community outreach. But I want to extend the opportunity. I've already got some people lined up who are ready to go on training. So, you know, to be a part of this, all you actually need is a passion for people, a love for people, and a love to see people find freedom. So I've got a couple more places that I want to extend the invitation. If you've got a passion for people, we've got the resources to train you to make a difference in people's lives. You know, you don't have to be a financial advisor. You don't have to be an accountant to jump on board with this and make a difference. You know, we've got all the training lined up. Your commitment for that would be a one-day training course and then being a part of revolutionising people's way of dealing with money. And I've listened to stories out of CAP about how it's transformed them, how they've gone from debt. You know, people find themselves in financial hardship just sometimes out of poor choices, yes, but a lot of time out of unfortunate circumstances like sickness, job loss, all these sort of things. And so it's not that people are always making poor choices. You know, they might not have the skill, but here we have a great opportunity to help people who have fallen on hard times walk out of debt that's crippling their lives and find freedom. Is that cool? Is that exciting? So if that's sort of, you're loving people, you want to love people in this way, I want to encourage you to head to the Connect desk after the service and they will take your details. Um, I will be there after the service too and you can ask me some questions about this. But I've got a few more spots and I want you, if you've got a passion, to jump on board with that, to say, yes, hey, that's a way that I can make a difference in people's lives. Sound good? All right. Well, this morning... I'm okay. Do you know, actually, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous. I want you to be, I've got a confession to make this morning. <laughs> That's why I'm feeling a little nervous. Chris is feeling nervous, but I've <laughs> got a bit of a confession to make. 
And I, I want to share a bit of a story with you about my life and my journey with money because this series has really challenged me. It's really, oh, it's made me uncomfortable in a good way. And I want to share a bit, of, a bit of my story without you this morning. So, And, you know, I'm going to be brutally honest with you about some stuff. And it's, t- it's you know, it's very revealing. So you're going to be gentle with me? <laughs> you're going to be kind with me? I don't want to stand up here and preach something that I haven't lived myself. You know, like, I believe that this morning God is going to speak to you guys because I know through all the study I've been doing through the sermons in this series I've been listening to, God has really stirred up change in my heart. And particularly this week, you know, he's really just pushed something in me and it's unlocked a change in the way I think and in my heart. So I became a Christian when I was 17. I think I may have shared a little bit of this before, but I was 17, so I was much younger than I am now. (laughs) I wish I was 17 again. Um, not really. Um, <laughs> it's that awkward. It's really awkward when you're 17. Is there any 17-year-olds? <laughs> I digress. Anyway, so w- when I became, when I met Jesus, I was like so broken. You know, like I was, my life was a mess. It was just a real chaos. Uh, I was completely broken and going, uh, making choices that were just going to end in destruction. It was really not a healthy place to be in. And I, I wasn't fortunate to grow up in a Christian home, so I, I never really had a context of who God was. You know, I grew up in Australia, which is quite frightening. I grew up in Australia, and I had no context, really, of who God was. But I found myself in this place of just complete brokenness, and one day, I don't know why, but one day I just said, God, if you're real, show me. And God in his phenomenal grace and mercy, and no context of God. Three days later, someone phones me and starts talking to me about Jesus. Two, about two days later, I walked into my e- first ever church service. First time I'd ever walked into church. And honestly, I cannot tell you what, what was preached that day. I don't know what was said, but I know when there was a call to accept Jesus, I was like, yes. I think I almost ran out the front. You know, that was in the time when you had to actually get out of your seat. It wasn't just put your hand out. I was like, <laughs> you got to get out. You're uncomfortable. You've run to the front. You know, so, man, I was like, yes, Jesus. You know, I felt like for the first time I was loved and accepted unconditionally and I was all in. And from that moment my life changed and I was all in. I was like, you know, if there's a service, I'll be there. If there's a small group, I'll be there. You know, I I made a complete commitment. I started Bible college a couple years after I got saved. I was like, if there's anything I can do to live a life where I get to know Jesus more, I'm all in. You know, if there was a missions trip, I put my hand up. I was all in. And every decision I made, the sort of mindset that I had was seek first the kingdom of God and all things will be added to you. Every decision I made was based out of that. But now I find myself in a situation where I'm a bit embarrassed actually to stand here and confess these to you. But I think I've strayed a little bit from that. 
I think my heart has changed a bit. You know, I find myself now at a time where I've got kids, I've got a mortgage, I've got stuff, and I don't think my decisions are always coming out of seek God first. I think some of my decisions are coming out of I've got this and I want to hold on to it, or I've got this and I want more. You know, I'm nearly 40. I should have my life together. I should have... uh, particular style of house, uh, I should be able to go on holiday, I should be able to do all this stuff and I, I find myself kind of making decisions out of that, not out of seek first the kingdom of God. And you know, <laughs> if you know me, you would have heard some of this stuff come out of my mouth recently and I was in a meeting on Monday night and something came out of my mouth and when I thought about it later I was like, whoa, how things have changed. And God just kind of went, that's your heart right there right now. You know, and I've kind of got this attitude of money will solve my problems right now. If I had more money, this would be easier. This situation would change. And I find myself kind of in that space of thinking that and I spent a stupid like a stupid amount of time worrying about money a stupid amount of time worrying about paying for things or getting things and something that was never on my mind before I you know if somebody needed money I would just give it to them I find myself now if God says give that there's a hesitation in my heart and I don't like that I don't think that's a good thing But, you know, what's good is we serve a good and gracious God. And he pinpoints that in me not to say, hey, Beth, you're bad. Hey, Beth, you're wrong. It's like, where's your heart? Bring your heart back to me. Isn't that good? So you're going to be kind to me? (laughs) But, you know, I kind of, I did get, I am, I'm walking out of it now. God's highlighted. I've got to walk out of it. But definitely this attitude of, more will make it better. But the reality is more won't make it better, will it? You know, the reality is that more money is not going to make my situation better. You know, it's not going to solve my problems and it's certainly not going to make me happier, is it? That's that's the tension. And I reckon with this going on in my mind, that it's going on in many of your minds too, that I'm not alone in this, yeah? Yeah? You know, if someone was to transfer a million dollars into my bank account, I'd happily take it. (laughs) (laughs) Unlikely to happen. (laughs) But, you know, I reckon today this is is not just me who's feeling this, you know. Not just me who once was so passionate about a God that materialistic things had no value, that my passion for God was stronger. I feel like some of you today, you're in that situation where... You were so passionate about God, but hey, things of this world have crept in and our focus, our heart has kind of turned a little bit to the sun. And you know, we live in this world where we are constantly told we need things. We need this, we need that. You know, we deserve it and we should have it. You know, you need to look out for your own needs because nobody else is going to look out for you. You only live once, enjoy it, spend the inheritance, don't give it to your kids. I'm hoping my parents don't adopt that attitude. 
But uh, <laughs> won't hold my breath. They they bought a caravan, and I was like, here goes my future. <laughs> here goes my babysitters. Um, <laughs> But you know that there are websites out there. So, like, I was doing some research. It's fascinating. It's fascinating what you find on the web. Like, you shouldn't spend too much time because it's so distracting. But, you know, there's websites out there that will tell you what you need to have for this year. What you need to have. You need to have it in 2019. Well, I picked my top four favourites out of this big list of what you need to have. One of them I didn't add, but I should have added, was, you know, the, the Thermomix was the thing, right? <laughs> Thermomix isn't the thing. Do you know what the thing is now? I've seen it on a couple of these sites. Pressure cooker. <laughs> Get yourself a pressure cooker. feel a bit embarrassed. I've got a dated Thermomix in my kitchen. <laughs> All right, you ready for my top four favourite things that you need to have in 2019? At the very low cost of $349, you need a pair of headphones that are going to drown out the stress of life. <laughs> Honestly, I would never spend that much money on headphones. Like, if life is stressful, throw a $350 at it. Problem solved. No problems. This one's great. Number nine... Indoor plants that make you seem like you have it all together. <laughs> you got to get some plants. I got a lot of plant lady friends. And I nearly took a picture. I have one surviving plant. I nearly showed it and I forgot this morning. I have this one plant. It's like a homage to my hope of having it together. And it sits near my TV and it's like dying. And I'm like, come on, you've got to live. <laughs> Brad and I refuse to get pets. And obviously plants because, you know, it doesn't end well. We're like, our children are still breathing. Is that? I feel like that's, that's good enough. All right, number four, a hand warmer that you can plug into your phone. I mean, that you definitely need in 2019. You should definitely spend your money on that. I mean, who doesn't want warm hands? Number one, <laughs> this one is hilarious. Number one, for $169, you need to have, like this is number one, you need to have a smart doorbell because you've got all these packages coming to your house and you need an app on your phone so that you can watch them being delivered and monitor. How stressed does that cause in your life? My goodness. <laughs> That's full on, right? Does, it, does anybody have one? <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> but really, you know, is it ever enough? Is it ever enough? That's the question. Is it ever enough? You know, it's so easy to fall into this trap of materialism, isn't it? It's so easy. We're always left wanting more. You know, it's never enough. Why do we always want more? What's going on in our hearts that says we want more? And I think it comes down to, I reckon it's these four reasons. You might have other reasons, but these are my four reasons. Why we always want more. And it comes down to chasing these four things. A preferred social status. Security. We feel secure in our things. Appearances. Want to look a certain way. 
or I want to be comfortable. I want this false sense of comfort in owning these things and therefore if I have all this, I'm going to be comfortable. But it's not reality. It's not truth. Let's have a look at what Jesus says about living a materialistic lifestyle. He says in Matthew 6, 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Do you love Jesus? I'm quite comfortable saying that to you because Jesus said it. Like, he doesn't hold back. It's just like, wham, there it is. Jesus is saying, you can't have it both ways. You really can't have it both ways. You've got two options. You can go down the path of materialism, pursuing, desiring all the things of this world that are going to make you feel a certain way, or you can pursue the kingdom of God. That's your two options according to Jesus. You know, he's not messing around here. It's one or the other. But I think it's important here to note that, do you know, actually, side note, I, this picture, do you know, I, this whole kind of bit, I woke up in the middle of the night with this, this image burned into my mind and I always, if I'm preaching, I have a piece of paper there and I scribble down notes and stuff because God, you know, it's amazing how God will use images to impact you. It's like these two rows. I don't know, I'm very visual. Works for me. Um, but I think it's important to know what Jesus is not saying here because we can tend to swing the pendulum too far and, and take things out of context. But what Jesus is not saying is that if you've been blessed with stuff, if God has blessed you financially and he's blessed you with things, that you should not enjoy that. He's not saying that here. He's not saying you should feel guilty if you have stuff. That's not what he's saying. You know, he's not saying money is bad and he's not saying having things is bad. He's addressing the heart issue. He's addressing where your heart's focus is. That's what he's talking about. You know, if God has blessed you with finances, if he has blessed you with things, you know, honor him in that because he's blessed you everything we have comes from God honor him with that hold it loosely be willing to share that and enjoy it because God doesn't give you stuff for you to feel guilty about he gives you stuff to enjoy come on but he's addressing our heart attitude he's always addressing where our heart is where's your priority but I think we need to look at this verse that we have here that I just read out in the context of the broader. So verses 19 to 34, because it's actually all a little package and it unlocks and it all weaves together and it all explains it great. You know, so if we look at it as a whole, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. 
And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness. So this is what we've just read. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. For you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things will dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. And then here we go. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So if you go down this road of materialism, I reckon it leads to a couple things that's, uh, that's revealed in that scripture passage together. You're going to have temporary satisfaction. You know, all those things, we joked about those things, but you know what? There's plenty of things out there that are, that are fun, that will bring satisfaction and stuff, but it's all temporal. It's all going to give you a momentary point of satisfaction. You know, the other thing that, that's laid out in that scripture is that stuff can be stolen. That stuff can be taken from you at any moment. It doesn't last and it only brings that momentary satisfaction. This also talks about worry. Did you notice in that passage how much it talks about worry? It talks about worry a lot because you know what money creates? Worry. If your heart is on money, you're worried. You're worried about how much you got. You're going to lose it. How can I get more? You know, it just creates so much anxiety within us. But if we flip it and we look at the other path, what Jesus is talking about, you know, he's talking about having a kingdom mindset, seeking first the kingdom. That's going to give you eternal treasures. That's going to give you stuff that lasts forever. You know, think about where are we going to spend most of our time? It feels so all-consuming here on earth, but really most of our time is going to be in eternity. Don't we want our treasures there? This stuff will pass, but that stuff lasts forever. You know, and the other thing God points out is that it's about his provision. He promises, you know, seek first kingdom God. God promises that he will provide for your needs. He knows. He's a good God. He's a good father. He cares about you. He will make sure all your needs are met. Maybe not all our wants. Very different things. All our wants might not be met, but all our needs will be met. You know, God knows what you need. He knows what you need. And he promises that he will 
look after that. You know, I love that in that, that passage of Scripture, it talks about the flowers. Do you know where Jesus is when he's talking about this? It's right after he does the Beatitudes. He's literally overlooking a field of flowers. You know, he's like, look, look at all this. Aren't they glorious? Aren't they beautiful? What does God do with those? And that's only temporal. But God saying, go the way of the kingdom. I've got your back. I will take care of you. Put your heart with me. Put your focus with me. You know, it's in that place that we walk down. You know, like I shared before, you know, I've never worried about money as much as I have in the last couple of years. It's crazy. Like I literally stress about money so much and it's it's awful feeling. It's terrible. And you know what? To be quite honest, we've probably had the worst couple financial years we've ever had in the last couple of years. And it's not through poor choices we've made. It's just been circumstantial. And just worried and stressed about it so much and it's been awful you know and I never when my priority was on seeking first the kingdom of God I never worried about money it wasn't an issue so Jesus is very clear it's one way or the other I'm not here telling you pick one way or the other Jesus is saying you can't have both ways you can only pick one way and I don't know about you, but after the week of just what God has been doing in my heart, you know, I want to realign my thinking. I want to realign my attitude. I want to make choices out of seek first the kingdom of God. That's what I want my choices to come out of. I want my choices to, to, to be prioritized by that principle. I want to come back to that place of, yeah, I want to enjoy what God's given me in this world. But I want to hold them lightly, not tightly. I want to enjoy life, but I don't want to hold on to things. I don't want to have that hesitation when God says, give that person that. I just want to be like, yeah, God, come on. You know, I want to be kingdom focused over me focused. And every day... I want to be able to say, yes, I choose God over being comfortable and worried about how I look, where I live, the things that are just so temporal in this world. So if you're with me in that, I've got two red hot tips for you that are going to help you on that journey. Because it's important that we put things in place that are going to really help us have that. So if you've got the mindset that, you know what, I'm sick of worrying about money, I'm sick of focusing on these things, I've got a couple of tips for you. Do you know astronauts, when they go into space, they have this thing called the overview effect. And it talks about the overview effect is about how when you go into space, you have this broader view of what the planet Earth is like. You know, when we're on Earth, we just see this little space around us. But astronauts, when they go into space, they see the world from a different perspective. And it changes the way they think. It changes the way that they view the world. And each astronaut that goes out shares their story on this overview effect. And I think one of our keys is that we need to have perspective. And this passage of scripture that we're looking at is bookmarked either end by two very key scriptures. 
Store your treasures in heaven where they won't be destroyed, where they won't be stolen, and seek first the kingdom of God. That's what's surrounding that scripture we're talking about. That's perspective. You know, practical things that we can do to keep our eyes fixed on a kingdom perspective is make your relationship with God your number one priority. Your passion for knowing God should be above anything else. It should be above serving God. It should be above above helping people, everything. Your relationship with God needs to be your priority, needs to be your number one. Invest your time into things that have eternal focus, your eternal treasures, loving God, loving others. Invest into activities that transform the world rather than accumulating surplus. Join a small group and grow. Join a dream team and serve. Use what God has given you to help other people, yeah? And practice gratitude. You know, gratitude is a spiritual practice. There's so much research out there that talks about in the world context how gratitude fundamentally will change your perspective on your life and it will increase your satisfaction in your life. But gratitude is actually a spiritual practice. When we daily express to God appreciation for the things he's given us, it gives us a different perspective from always thinking what I don't have to what I do have. And the second tip I've got for you is to guard your mind. You know, it's consistently in our face what we don't have. It is consistently in our face what we can have, the possibilities. You know, it's always there. Like I feel like it's like never before. You're, just, you're bombarded from every avenue on what you could have, what you should have, what you need to have. But we really need to question the things that we're allowing into our minds. You know, what are we allowing into our minds that's creating in us this sense of, oh, I need that. Oh, yeah, I need that. I definitely need that. The hand warmer, you know, I catch the train to work. I need that hand warmer. That would be so helpful. I don't actually catch the train to work. (laughs) You know, are there things on social media that you need to unfollow? Because it makes you dissatisfied with your life. It's creating you this dissatisfaction in what you have. You know, we're at the (laughs) end of year financial sale. Who got the big W catalogue? Oh, my gosh. My kid, my seven-year-old, turns eight tomorrow. Grabbed that catalogue and was like, oh, yeah, I need that, need that, need that. I want that, I want that. I was like, get it out of my house, please. (laughs) You know? I used to go on Pinterest a lot. I had to stop. I mean, nothing makes you feel more inferior as a mother than spending time scrolling through Pinterest with people who make all this homemade goods, you know. They make clothes. They do all this stuff, you know. They keep plants alive and, (laughs) man, feel inferior. You know, sometimes we've got to unplug from that. We've got to guard our minds. What are we allowing into our minds? Is it focusing us towards the kingdom of heaven or is it focusing us towards what we don't have and what we feel like we should have? We really need to think about what we're thinking about, yeah? 
come on, God's got bigger things for us. God's got eternal things for us. It's not just about the here and now, it's about the eternal. It's about using what we've got here, holding it lightly and making an impact in somebody else's life so that they too can experience the goodness and grace of God, yeah?